Sangster, the favourite there is Bella Nipatina. She's been a dominant sprinting mare on wet tracks and she gets that this afternoon in Adelaide. She was so good in the quokka. She had a wonderful spring and she looks tough to beat with Benny Mallum aboard. And if she can win today, Kiramar and David Eustace, well, they start to knock on the door of Chris Waller and James Cummings and say, hey, this Group 1 winning title's not over just yet and they will only be three behind Waller and Cummings if they can win today's Group 1. But James Cummings has Sapateo in that race, and she's a big chance. And Chris Waller will be settling up multiple Group 1 winning mare in September run in the Robert Sangster as well. We've got some terrific racing on the Sunshine Coast. It's the coast-to-coast, the Gold Coast meeting that has been um, one of the... Well, it's the meeting that starts the Queensland Carnival on the way with the Hollandale Stakes has been moved to the Sunshine Coast, of course, with the renovations at the Gold Coast track. And Zaki's looking to create a little bit of history to become the first horse ever to win three Hollandale Stakes on the trot. So looking forward to that meeting. We've got the Gosford meeting there in New South Wales. Gosford is the highlight venue there today in New South Wales with the Cup, the Takeover Target and also the Coast. And it's a pretty handy meeting at Sandown as well. Let's get stuck in to our Saturday morning here. Simon Zara is not far away, but let's kick off winners as we always do thanks to Picklebet and also Kilmore Toyota with the opening bell. The opening bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. Jules Valance, good morning to you, mate. G'day, Gaz. How are you? I'm very well. If I gave you a ticket, you know, if we were to, we, if we headed to the air, airport, you and I, Jules, and uh, you just walked up to the the counter, probably would be flying Virgin because you'd be platinum there. And right. uh, they gave us a ticket. We didn't know where we were going. Where would you want to be going if we had to go to a race meeting today? Oh, race meeting. Oh, that's, that's annoying. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I know where you want to be going, but where would you want to go today? And, and it'd be one way. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I reckon Morpherville's got a really good yep. meeting, and, I, and I, I think the lens of Victorian horses gives me a little bit more sort of skin in the game as well. So I've had the you know pleasure to be able to talk to JJ about these horses, and I think I think it's a really good race meeting. It sort of popped up out of nowhere, to be honest. I know the Sanks is always a pretty good race, but it's a pretty good race. There's some races around it. And I think the Tobin Bronze is really hot. And, uh, a couple other Victorian horses running throughout the meeting. So that, that's the one that most interests me. And obviously, I'm fascinated to see what Zaki can do up in Brisbane. But I'll say Adelaide if okay. I had to go somewhere, mate. But um, other than that, deepest, darkest Africa would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to you, Jack Dickens. Good morning. Morning, boys. Um, I'm looking forward to I love this time of the year because if you're watching Sky Racing 1 on the Green Channel these days, there's something to look forward to every 10 or so minutes. Yeah, so, it's, it's actually yeah. probably the best time of year, really. And yeah. you've got the footy on on one or two TVs. Then later on tonight, you've got Magic Round. And we have playoffs. Yeah. It's a good time. I tell you what, the... the the AFL season's all over after I watched my Lions yesterday. They are on fire. They've got some of the best recruits in the game. Dunkley was superb, one of the best individual performances that you'll ever see. Ascroft will be winning the Rising Star. Guts you don't win premierships star. in May, Jay. Well, I think we have, to tell you the truth. But we need to find a couple of winners in the Gallops today, and we're heading to the Robert Sangster, the Furphy Robert Sangster Stakes. 
Um, I don't know about the Furfies these days. I, I'm warming to them, but, but I prefer a Carlton draft. But anyway, well done I to Furfies. I prefer Furfy. a Hawks. Yes. Bella Nipatina, Dicko, has been well supported. We are racing on a soft six. We'll go to you first if you, uh, first of all, Jules, because you would have been having a chat to JJ, who knows these tracks better than anyone. Um, how does he think this track will play this afternoon in Adelaide? Yeah, it's an interesting one. We sort of spoke about it. He thinks I'll probably get off the fence at some stage. He's a little bit worried about horses sort of drawn one and two and um, probably not a massive impact on some of the horses that are really well in the market here for a Sangster, but probably more important for maybe some faves uh, in other races. Uh, for example, a horse like She Dances. But we'll start with the Sangster. I mean, um, yeah, he thinks he thinks I'll get off the fence, but in saying that, he's got no issue with leaders being able to win if they can control and get out to you know, three, four off the rail, there's going to be no issue. But that's how he thought it would play as a starting point, Gaz. So what's the market doing here, Dicko? Because we all know that Bella Nipatina is one of the best sprinting gallopers in this country. Um, and she's probably nearly the best galloper on a, on a rain-affected track. And she's taking on her own sex this afternoon. So do you expect her to start favourite? And what price will she start? I think she'll start with a three in front of her just because she's bomb-proof mouth-wise, brings the grass form. The, yeah. the market's trended to her already. The horse they've trended to the most is Zapateo from Barrier 11, which ties in a little bit to what Jules is sort of saying the male is, that it's okay to be sort of wider because he'll be wide-ish for sure from Barrier 11. Um, they're, the, they're the two they've sort of stamped. And I don't think, Jules, that, I, I don't expect you're going to get a much bigger price than sort of $10 or $11 September run. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, I think passive aggressive is the horse that's probably been put up sort of a little bit shorter and is and just get and he's going to continue to drift. She's just not a horse that has produced her best on the soft, but they're happy to sort of pop that form line of coming off a really wet track in Sydney and then trying to repeat. For the punters out there, you sort of got to go. You either trust Bill and Nipotina that the camp can get her to move from one place to the next place to the next place and continue to perform. We speak about it a lot about grand finals being able to continue to go to the well and and being able to do it. She's clearly the best horse in the race. I don't think there's any doubting that. But she's got to be able to do it again and again and again and again. Whereas a horse like Zapatero is third up, ready to pounce, beautiful prep for this race. So Dicko's right. They're the two horses that the market wants. And, um, and I think passive-aggressive, if you like her, I'd be waiting. You're going to get a better price about her, which I think there's going to be plenty of punters who are out there that like her, but she draws one, so she might be in a bit of a sticky spot. The I'm interesting horse here, guys, Sorry, is Morabi. Yeah. Like it's, it's got big, fat numbers. Most of them are over 1,100 metres. It's 1,200-metre race. Any other camp, I think it might start sort of 20 to 1, but um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it sort of drifts to sort of $15 some stage today and then gets a little bit of a... A little bit of a gentle uh, steam, like I know you. I know you lads. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jules. Just on that, no, I, I know you. I know you lads don't like um, listening to the trainers too much. But Marabi, Kieran pointed out that she's well, but she probably needs a firm track. And without hesitation, he said that Bella Nipatina is clearly the best of his chances. And, and I reckon he would have had the filly down the what, bottom. What there. day was that this week, though? That was yesterday. Well, he's, um, now he's been on the drink for three days. Hundred percent. He said, oh, "I reckon he believes Ruthless Dame's a better chance than say, Marabi uh, in this race." But he's got a lot of like he's the 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 push that he gave me for Bella Nipotina, and this is where Kieran's at his best after he's probably had a few sherbets. He said, "Gareth, I've never ever had a, any better 
before the quokka. I thought it was nearly a career best run and she has just surprised me with the way that she's been able to travel and take everything in and she's as good as she was heading towards the quokka there, Jules. So that's the information that he gave me yesterday for the punters. Yeah, and I think that's important information for the pundits to understand that she's been able to travel well. We know horses sometimes can not eat up and, and all that kind of stuff after they you know, go to, for example, a grand final. So I think that's important for the pundits. It's just whether you trust that she can be able to repeat a, you know, a, a really good performance again in another big grand final. That's, that's the question. I think Mirabi's a really interesting one. I mean, she was outstanding when, and she had a long time after she had issues the market seems to have spat her out. Dick goes right. I mean, if she ends up starting, she could start. There's that point where she'll get to $15. She'll either continue and end up 20 plus, and you just, you just can't be on her. But if she just gets that little bit of firmness back, it suggests that, yeah, she's, she's half getting back to her best. Um, but I don't know if we're ever going to see the Mirabi that we saw uh, winning that group one at Caulfield so convincingly. So um, hopefully she gets back to it, but the market's suggesting she's not. Hey, Dicko, last time I was at Flemington, not the last time, but when I was at Flemington once upon a time, there was a horse in the purple with the white stars by the name of Espiona that won an Oaks Day, and everyone was telling me this is the next Winks. She hasn't quite lived up to those lofty expectations, but she has been able to perform last, I think, this campaign anyway in Sydney where she's been able to win that Group 1. Did she win? The, she she won a Group One, didn't she? And she heads yeah. to the mm. Robert Sangster um, today. Is she the forgotten horse? Oh well, she won a What's Group One at 1500 meters. Yeah. Like, I think it's just this would be a big boy flex from Uncle Chris if this was to win. I think it was. I open sort of single figures. It's now out to sort of 13, 14. I think there's a hole in this horse, um, and I'd be surprised if it starts single figures. Okay, she was the Cornwall Classic winner as well. So we expect Bella Nipotina and Zapatea to be the horses fighting for favouritism, Jules, basically, just to sum up the, the Robert Sangster. Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's going to be a big gap. There's not much of a gap now between, say, Zapatea and passive-aggressive. I think that gap will really widen as we get closer to the race. I think passive-aggressive, you know, if you like her, as I suggested, I think I'd be waiting. You're going to get your best price closer to the jump. What about the Tobin Bronze? Because... She's dances, takes on Wee Nessie. Now, Jules, when you have a look at Wee Nessie's form, you think, like, geez, Af Cabin's form, like the Af Cabin forms probably should be good enough to win a Tobin bronze, you would imagine. It's an outstanding form line. The problem is she's running into a horse that I think is, her last start performance was the way I rated it, as big as I've ever done, ever, from a horse. I mean, if she was in the Sangster, I would have backed her. She dances. And the market would okay. provide that. Um, she's solid as a rock, she dances as a favourite. Now, again, they've seemed to have cleared out, and I know Royal Merchant's sort of pretty solid as well around that $6, but I think you might get a little bit bigger about it. But I can't really find, from a, a weakness point of view in the market, with she dances. So she's pretty foolproof in terms of a horse that, what's the high percentage play, or to, to roll forward, uh, ticks all those boxes, no worries with Linda Meach massive rating last start, which I think obviously the big guys have. So I can't see her, you know, um, becoming soft at any stage in the market. Unless, unless JJ's right and, you know, lanes one, two become really apparent. But in yep. saying that, if that's what Linda Meach needs to just, she controls the speed and she can end up leading, but four off the fence. So um, On top of again, that though, I'm, Jules, if, if what JJ says becomes the truth... We Nessie's drawn yep. one, 
and, yeah, and they're the and two in the market. So, like, all yeah, that's going to do, yeah. I'd say, is soften Wee Nessie, soften She Dances, and, and the, the, the price of Royal Merchant will crumble. Yeah, and that's a really good point because, and Wee Nessie can't control the speed like She Dances can. So, Linda Meeks can control her own destiny, to be honest. There's no issue with a horse that's drawn the inside if, they, if the rail is no good. She can end up plotting a navigation to be four or five off the rails, where Wee Nessie has to sort of take the medicine and end up being back on the inside no matter what. So it's going to be really interesting. We get seven races beforehand to find that out. And the market will, no doubt, find the trend before we do, Dicko. So um, it's it's going to be a really interesting betting race. But what we see right now, I, it just looks really solid. She dances from my point of view. Dicko, is, is Foxy Frieda low enough in the market now in the Queen of the South, which is race six? Yeah, I think it's sort of rock bottom. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else they're going to back though. So, I'm not saying it's going to drift, but like there was, it was an absolute gift earlier in the week. Um, uh, I, I think the the price of the Tony McAvoy Bell Placer horse, it, it's going to just pivot and hover around that price because of the same things Jules has just been speaking about. It's drawn barrier one. Where's it going to get to? Is that a good spot to be? Billy Egan from Fork and sort of put Foxy Frieda midfield, one off. Um, it looks bomb-proof to me map-wise, um, price-wise. I think it'll start around the 340, 330 mark. Yep. Jules? Yeah, I mean, Digo's right. I, I almost felt like the Green Cafe was trolling us to begin with with what the price they were doing with Foxy Frieda. I just couldn't <laughs> understand it whatsoever. So, Can you I, explain I the what... Green Cafe? I <laughs> oh, no, you don't, oh, actually. Yeah. but but it it was it was amazing to be honest so it's now to the right price that it should be and it's solid foxy as you said there's no uh worry there if you wanted to see a hole in the market it seems the three-year-old i I always love the three-year-old against the older horses but here the market seems to have spat cast day out um so that's 650 i think you're going to get better than that it's almost got the ability that you could easily suggest from what I'm looking at, Dicko, it could start closer to double figures, to be honest. So, again, if you like the three-year-old filly here, um, I'd be waiting to the death because you're going to get the best price about it right at the end. I think the same story, Walt's on by. Um, could be wrong, but I think like, no, something's got to get spat right, out here. And I just don't. I think yeah. there's good horses that are around that price that aren't going to get taken on. I think the two at the bottom will be the yeah. two that get sort of spat out. Yep. Just be. Just before we take a quick break and um, finish up with more for Ville, you know how I love a story. He's seven to excel, the Group 1 winning galloper that won first up back at Alice Springs, heads back to Adelaide in that Group 3 where you've got a lot of horses that haven't won for a long time. So Tory, General Bow, Free of Debt, We Wish, Shimino, Larimer Street and um, Gaze Grease at $12 here, Jill. So what's this market going to do here? Yeah, really interesting, mate, to be honest. Um, Larimer Street's pretty solid. I, I sort of didn't peg it as an 1100 metre horse, but market seems to be really gravitating towards it, and probably General Bow, but it's a race that I think we're going to see plenty of movement from now until race time, so we're four hours and a half out till it. I reckon that's the biggest race at Morphville where you'll see some violent swings in a market perspective, and there's only seven in it, so uh, it's going to be really interesting from a market perspective from my point of view. Anything else there at Morphinville that JJ mentioned that we should keep a, a close eye on regarding the market to help us punters there, Jules? Yeah, go to Foxcatcher Intel, mate, and that's all I can tell you. Yes, foxcatcherintel.com. <laughs> and um, you're looking down the barrel superbly these days, Jules. You've really, like, been dominating proceedings. Um, and I'll tell you I, what, I, we... I thought in race two, 
Um, yeah. uh, we backed Mike Khalifa last time, Gareth, if you remember. He took a yeah, big price. Yeah. Like, so short today. I think the other horse in the market, um, Conqueror, might start favourite there. So if you like your dog, have something on there. Well, I w yeah, and I will say, JJ is bullish about Conqueror. He's a little bit worried about, he wants to see what this track's doing, but if he can get onto the drier side of soft, Conqueror is one hell of a bet, he suggests. Oh, there you go. We'll definitely take the 310, then. So you can, yeah, we're, we're conquering today in Adelaide, then. You can join a Group 1 winning stable at the Simon Zara Racing Yelling Parade, which, of course... That's where we are this morning. We're live at Flemington. And, Dicko, you've got a horse with Simon, haven't you? The mailbag. Yeah, a little Nakoni filly. Yeah, um, we might ask. Nice, we might nice cheap filly. Yeah, we might ask Simon to see how she's going at the moment. And, um, geez, there's a lot of people here. And you know that it's a big racing event, Dicko, when Benny Carbonara rocks up from his Warnable trip and he's got the R.M. Williams on. So you know the who's who of racing. Has he got the uh, mailbag bloodstock hat on? No, he, he's, he's got the... Um, He's got his cowboy hat on today. He's, like see, he's, he's got hairier fingers than I do. It's unbelievable yeah, he, how hairy he's, he is. he's like he's at the Kentucky Derby, Benny Carbonara. So, um, no, it's great to be here. I love coming to these yearling parades because you meet and get to know so many great racing enthusiasts that are just dreaming like we're all dreaming, trying to find their, their next champion. And there's some wonderfully, beautifully bred yearlings here. So you think a schnitzel, capitalist, a super Seth, a Russian revolution, Toronado, Ocean Park, jeezy. He, he's sped up a bit this year, Simon. Um, he's got some of the, so he's got a couple of yearlings there from some of them, um, the best stallions in the game. So we'll have a chat to Simon in just a moment, but we'll take a break. This is winners live at Flemington for the Simon Zara Yearling Parade. On the other side of it, we might take a look at the Hollandale Stakes meeting at the Gold Coast, or I should say on the Sunshine Coast, and see what the lads have to say about what price Saki might start this afternoon. 